different aspect of life, right? All these different circles of life, your spiritual, right? Your mental, your physical, and your business only one of those circles. So it's like you have money. Now you got five other circles of issues that you just been neglecting essentially for however long that you are And conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. So the longer that you wait to try and solve these problems, the longer you keep running in another direction at certain point in life, the problem is going to get so big. It's a 30 minute hour. Where you grow into your power. Welcome to the 30 minute hour. It's the personal development podcast for the seven figure entrepreneur who's looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO the business strategist extraordinaire and all around good guy, Ted Fells. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yes, indeed. It is a happy Monday. Uh, again, we're, we're in March. Can't believe how fast this year is going. And the fact that the year is going so fast that that means you really need to make sure you're leaning in and paying attention to what we share because we want to make sure you accomplish your goals. And that's why today we're going to talk about the the six steps to achieving an abundant life. So one, I think one of the big takeaways you'll get out of our episode today is that it's not just about the money side, right? We think, okay, if, I, if I'm making money, everything's going to be okay. But there's other areas you need to think about. So as an entrepreneur, you'll walk away with those six steps of achieving an abundant life. By the way, this is not your everyday podcast. No. And I Ted, we, we didn't even warn John about the fact that this is this isn't this isn't the normal thing. This is we we're a little different here, John, on the 30 minute hour podcast. Uh, but uh <laughs> John, I don't know. You ready, John? Man, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I, I spoke to don't Eric get nervous, literally man. a couple don't days get ago. Ner- don't get nervous, man. <laughs> Eric didn't warn me about all these curveballs you guys did when you <laughs> already. You spoke Dang, a couple days ago. Do it. Put them in the blender. It's not a bad thing, Ted. I, I was on John's podcast, and I, I didn't bring up any of these things about, you know, not your everyday podcast. Watch out for Ted. I, I didn't bring out any of those things. That's good. That's good. I can sneak up on him. That's good. Don't <laughs> Right, we, we wanted him to experience it firsthand. There you go. That's right. By the way, John's got an awesome podcast. We'll get into the formal introduction, but definitely had a blast on his show. And I know for a fact, just from talking to him, he's he's going to be ready for us today, for sure. Uh, but those of you, you can watch us here on YouTube, on Facebook, or on LinkedIn just by typing in the Thirty Minute Hour Podcast. You can later go back and listen to this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or any of those other places where you consume your content for podcasts. So again, today we're talking about the six steps to achieving an abundant life. And our guest today, he is a serial entrepreneur, realtor, investor, podcast host, and a social media expert who's deeply passionate about helping other like-minded individuals achieve a life of abundance. Please join me in welcoming to the 30 minute hour podcast john mendez hey fellows super excited to be here and super excited to see where our conversation takes us today fellas oh for sure absolutely uh, truly an honor to have you on the show. And again, thank you for an outstanding interview uh, when you had me on your show, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But before we go there, I, I did want to make sure that everybody had the uh, the background perspective and the backstory. So I, I'm just curious to know, like, what was your original vision for your career uh, back when you were at the University of Connecticut? Yeah, so for me, at that point in time, so a little bit of context. So I went to college, right, for two reasons. I went to college to learn how to live on my own hmm. and to continue networking because I knew if, before I even got into college that that was the biggest reason to go into college. I knew that 
at that point in time, and don't quote me because the stat was back when I was in high school, but at that point in time, I think the rates that tuition I had gotten up was about 66% and the rates that wages had gone up or salaries has gone up and from the 1960s up until that point before I graduated was like 19%. So going into college, I knew there's this big disparity, right? And my last couple of weeks of uh, high school, right before I graduated, I had a high school internship. It was about three to four weeks long. It was at Cantor Fitzgerald, a financial institution in, uh, it was in New York City. And I was there for about three weeks and I was in the finance department. And the very last day, it was seven of us interns, a couple of us, they got, we got split up. I was in the finance department, a couple were in the accounting department, and a couple were in the marketing department. Accounting department went out for dinner, for lunch. The marketing department had like a lunch and they ordered food and had everyone going around. And then the finance department did absolutely nothing. <laughs> so mm. uh, the CMO was like, hey, for all the interns, if you guys aren't doing anything in your departments, feel free to come on by. And so for me, I was like, oh, we're not doing anything. So I went, decided to go on by and stop out with what they had going on. So for me, I spent a genuinely good time there. Like it was like, like an actually hysterical conversation. It was just a bunch of laughter and casual conversation. And that for me kind of put in the marketing bug into me. So when I was in college, I knew I had to do something with marketing just based on that time, that conversation that I had and that luncheon that I had during that internship. I was like, okay, it has to be something about these marketing people. They just seem like good people. They seem like they can have a good time and still get a lot done. So that's what kind of sparked my bug for the marketing side of things. But I knew I didn't really want to work corporate and I knew I didn't want to retire at the traditional age of 65. I just didn't have it all figured out yet. So at that point in time, while I was in college, before the pandemic took over the world, I had a feeling I knew I was going to end up somewhere in the marketing world. Hmm. That's interesting you say that because I was a marketing major as well. And I, I knew that I didn't want to be in accounting and I didn't want to be in finance finance. And I knew that a, a core aspect of business was the marketing piece of it. And that's what, what drove my decision as well. So, I mean, did you always think, did you know that you would be like a serial entrepreneur? Was that kind of the thing you were thinking about back then or? Yeah. So entrepreneurship was never in my blood at all. Huh. I grew up in the projects. It was nine of us in a two bedroom. Dad wasn't around. Mom, she had mental health issues. Money was always tight. Typical section eight baby. And money was always tight growing up. So entrepreneurship wasn't in the plans at all. I didn't have the paper out. I didn't have the lemonade stand. I wasn't selling candy bars in school. I wasn't flipping sneakers like some of my guys were in middle school. Like none of that stuff caught my eye at all. I was big into video games growing up. And for me, it wasn't until this is now the middle of the pandemic. It was around fall of 2020. I was on my sophomore year in college and everything was still online. So remember what I said earlier, I went to college to network and live on my own. Can't network because everyone's on a Zoom call with their cameras on. They would wake up, open up their laptop, go to bed, and hop on a, and be on a Zoom call because it's 8 a.m. And you couldn't legally force students to have their cameras on. So kids were just opening up their kid, their laptops and going back to bed. So right, networking out the window easily. Boom. And then I can't learn how to live on my own. I'm taking class, classes from my bedroom. So I was like, man, what am I doing here? And I had that. The seed was planted, but I didn't know what I was going to where I was going to head with that. And now it's fall 2020. And for whatever reason, I don't remember why, but I ended up stumbling into Barnes and Noble. And from there, I picked up three books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, and Index Fund for Dummies. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad first. And I was like, man, there's another way of viewing the world out there that isn't being taught in school, isn't being taught at home, and then being taught in my environment, like, what's going on here? Like, what is this rich dad guy thinking about? What is he talking about? Is there actually people out there that think and operate like he does? Because the poor dad resonated with me and how I brought, was brought up. So I was like, okay, well, I got a lot of free time. I got a lot of time to kill. Let me hop on YouTube University. YouTube never failed me uh, leading up to that point, still never has. So, man, I just got down the rabbit hole of looking at, into personal finance, like how to build my credit, which bank accounts I should use how to invest in index funds. And I'm reading all the, you found all these videos and started listening to podcasts, reading more books. Think and Grow Rich was another really good one that I stumbled across, Richest Man in Babylon. And I'm starting to read all these books between that winter break. So I come back spring semester. And I'm like, yo, I don't learn more in this winter break 
about stuff that actually matters than all my years of schooling combined. So I was like, man, I I, I can't unsee the light. So I was just nah. like, after that, man, I signed up for my real estate course. This is around fall, uh, February of 2021 now. I signed up for my real estate course, stopped showing up to my college courses, and I just never looked back. Mm. So you said, I can't unsee the light. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't unsee it. Wow. So, so it's interesting. I mean, like if you could go back to, and it's, you know, normally when I ask this question, you know, it's 20, 30 years ago when the person was in college. Yeah, this right, was like, right, right. It, was, it was just last year. Right. <laughs> you know, Pretty much. Your younger self, I am young. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it's, it's still fresh in my mind. A lot yeah. of those days feel like they're all the same days, honestly. Like if you were to enter my mind, like all those pandemic days, man, it just feels like one long day. It doesn't feel like anything really happened in between. That time period is so odd. Interesting. So, but but if you could go back to that time, you know, knowing what you now that you're you're, you're kind of out here experiencing the real world as a serial entrepreneur, like like what advice would you have given to let's say the freshman version of John? The freshman version of John coming into college, or freshman version of John once he was in college? Coming in, let's say coming into college. Let's start there. Coming into college. If I knew the pandemic was going to happen, I would have just said, screw it. Don't go at all. Mm. Like whatsoever. Stop, don't waste your time. Because the things that I've learned outside of college and the people I've been able to meet are insane. And if I were to know that this would be my route, I would have told myself not to go. But at the same time, I also probably wouldn't have said anything if I had the chance to. Because... Everything happens for a reason. And if you look into like the butterfly effect, you, you never know what one thing is going to affect and how things going to play up. And I'm very glad that I ended up where I'm at now and things played out the way they did. So I actually wouldn't tell myself anything. But if I just did have to give myself advice, <laughs> it would probably be something along the lines of read now. Like books aren't actually that bad if you read something that actually matters in life. Like all that. And not to knock Shakespeare, right? Not to knock all these people, but that stuff really wasn't my cup of tea. And like even reading Richest Man in Babylon, it was so annoying reading that book. Like it had some <laughs> solid principles, but the old English was killing me, man. It was <laughs> it was hard to get through. It was a solid principle, but it was hard to get through. But I would have really just told myself, start looking into into this entrepreneurship thing. Start looking into teaching yourself. I'm an autodidact, so someone that can is naturally adept to teaching themselves. And so I'm like, start using some of this stuff to actually learn stuff that matters and stuff that's going to help you, such as, as I said, in building your credit, investing in index funds. One thing like investing in myself, like conferences, things like that. I would have, if I knew about conferences, man, it's like a big giant entrepreneur party. It's like I would have been started going to those if I could and just surrounded myself and immersed myself in those environments with all these people that are just functioning and operating at such a higher level. I would have started going to those a lot sooner and just invested in myself a lot more and not just, I mean, college it was fun for what it was for that one year before the pandemic, you know, completely swept it underneath me. Mm. But as I said, it, man, it's something that, I could have never foreseen how things would have played out. Like that was something that came out of way out of left field. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, it's amazing listening to like people that were in college during that time, right? Like really talking to someone like you and hearing it, like we kind of, you know, we hear people talking, oh man, I bet that was really tough. But to hear someone that really had to experience something like that when Eric and I, you know, we had a, the normal, I guess, regular college experience. But imagine what that would be like to get on campus and be like, man, I'm gonna network, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And no, I'm gonna <laughs> be, you know, so appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, and that's a significant chunk of your college experience, you know, the, the, that pandemic, even if it's just two years, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's 50% of a four year, that's big. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it took it all out. I, I remember like it was yesterday, man. I was dr on the yellow line back home. I think it was yellow or orange line back to my dorm because UConn had 
the bus routes because Utah's a pretty big campus. It's like twenty five thousand students on on campus, and so I'm on the bus ride back. We're all in our I think it was a group FaceTime or a group chat. And we we're all talking, and right before we left, it was like a couple of us. It's five of us in a group, and it was me, two of my boys, and uh, my boy's girlfriend, and another friend, and it was all five of us. And we we're like, let's make this bet. How many of us bet we're gonna come back next week? And I was one of the people that's like, man, we'll be back. And the other ones were like, nah, John, like, you have you checked the news recently? Like, this this is this looks like it's gonna be bad. And I was like, okay. So I remember I, I went out and went back to my dorm, finished packing. I ended up leaving to head back home that next day. And then next, you know, I think it was that Tuesday. It was like, boom. Yeah, we're not going back at all. Wow. Okay. So I'm just curious, like, like where does this passion to help people to achieve this abundant life come from? Well, I think it's two parts, right? The help people part really does originate from, I feel like I was always one of the guys that you could always lean on. I feel like I was always very capable of bird, you know, being able to carry a burden much larger than most could. I was someone that's always been very strong mentally and I never let things really overwhelm me partially because I have this like ego that I had to work on and get rid of that. I would never let people in. That's a whole nother story for another day. But long story short, I was very good at taking on the pains and burdens of other people without letting it affect me. A lot of people like that are empaths. They'll help other people. And, but then their own self will get affected. Like me, I could help other people without letting my own, insides you know really get messed up and affected so i was pretty good at that and then around 12th grade i forget when this is early my senior year my english teacher would go on random philosophical tangents and one time we were talking about plato and we were studying plato's allegory of the cave and one of the quotes from there and this is probably the only thing i remember from 12th grade english but i remember it's the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten and the unenlightened and that was that quote just stuck with me. That became my core philosophy since that day. That It just hit me. It was like the duty of the enlightened. So pretty much what you're saying is, as soon as I learn something, put everybody on. I was like, bet. <laughs> you know, that, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds pretty easy enough, man. And, you know, in simplest terms, it's like, I always knew that, if anything, we should just leave the world a better place than when we came in. But then I heard that quote, and it's like, now, I like the way this is worded. Like, this is a word that's so smart. I, if I start saying this quote, people will think I'm definitely a smart guy. It's also a really good quote, and it pretty much reflected how I was already living my life. I just didn't have a way to articulate it so intelligently, right? So as soon as I heard that quote, I was like, yeah, this, this, is, this, this is something that I'm going to strive to live my life. At. I'm going to try and embody this quote in my day-to-day, every day. And it ended up being the core part of my actual mission statement. And my it's my mission, right, is to enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. The enlightened part comes from that Plato quote. And so now for the second half, the abundant life thing, I was able to see a very wide spectrum of what wealth is. It's not a binary thing where it's like poor and rich or poor and wealthy. You know, it's it's a spectrum. And growing up, growing up as I said, in the projects, you see what an absence uh, absent of wealth could do to someone's life because I have people that are in jail doing time, a lot of time. And then I also have friends that have summer houses in the Hamptons growing up, right? So it's like my eighth grade year, I went out for a week to my friend's summer house. And it was like, just in the basement alone, they had like a gym that's probably bigger than my whole downstairs right now. And in their basement, a movie theater, they had a sauna room, I had a, a, a yoga room, they had like six beds, and then a ping pong table, from what I can remember there, how the outside had a, a full pool, a hot tub, a full court basketball hoop, and then a tennis court, and then like a go-kart track around the whole entire house premise. So I was like, man, mind you, I'm in eighth grade, and all I knew at that time is is struggle for the most part. So it's like, like, yo, it's like $6 for a candy bar here. Like, you <laughs> get this for 50 cents back home at the corner store. That so was like, yo, the, the Toyota Camry over there was a Porsche Cayenne. 
So mm. it was definitely like night and day going from where I grew up to seeing how it like so how it's like over there. Right. Did, so for me, did you keep this guy as a friend? Did you keep him as your friend? Actually, we lost touch. We lost touch. After, oh, you don't lose touch with that friend. <laughs> <laughs> we lost he ended up moving and um after high school, we kind of grew apart. We kind of grew apart and it's one of those things where I'm not gonna lie. Long, quick funny story. I ended up losing my iPod, and we were me and him were going to play basketball, and then he felt bad, so he gifted me his iPad, and I still have it to this day. So, yeah, he was one of those friends. Like he was one of those friends. See, and so, I, I, um, may, I, I, may, I may get some pizza from Eric from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give me no iPod. He not, you know, some you know summer homes and all that stuff. <laughs> Come on, Eric. You gotta, you gotta be a better friend, man. Gotta step it up, man. I, I, I gotta step it up, man. I, I see now they gifting iPads yeah. around here, man. Are you looking to monetize your podcast with any size following, attract paid sponsors, or promote your podcast to get more downloads? Well, I'm inviting you to a free masterclass titled "How to Monetize Your Podcast and Explode Your Downloads." During this session, we'll be teaching you the tactics that we used here on the 30-Minute Hour podcast that have resulted in us achieving over 680,000 total downloads and ranking in the top 2% in popularity amongst all podcasters on the planet. So join us on Saturday, April 15th, 2023 at 10 a.m. Eastern for this free masterclass to register and reserve your seat visit the whatnowmovement.com and click the events tab yeah but yeah so that's kind of where it comes from man just seeing it and then once i had that epiphany where i realized that there's another way of viewing the world out there i was just like man growing up inner city you see a lot of people that don't want to take that traditional route and so that other world of entrepreneurship or maybe even trade school because that's kind of entrepreneurship as well it's like not even trade schools really preach so it's like if you're not going to college you automatically assume that you're a failure that you might not fit that you weren't meant to succeed or whatever it may be and it's like nah man there's another world out here and if you want to you know dive into it it's like come on by and i'm not the world's greatest entrepreneur but i knew for me I didn't want to wait until I become successful and then magically pop up like, hey, by my course, I made it. Hey, by, sign up for my, my master class. Hey, I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching now. Big shot entrepreneur. It's like, nah, I wanted to document the journey while I was on the way, while I was still embarking. Like The reason I feel a lot of people resonate with me is because I didn't wait until I was so far deep at sea for me to turn on the light post and say, hey, come on out. I'm still loading up on the ship. I'm still putting the cargo on the ship. I'm still at the dock. I'm still at arm's reach from a lot of people. And I think a lot of people resonate that because the audience I'm trying to reach is people that in the age group are the same people I went to high school with. And it's very easy to try to help somebody once you're already there. But it's like, if you're already there, people are just like, oh man, well, you already made it. So I, I don't got a chance, man. But it's like, well, for me, it's like, Man, I'm still struggling and trying to figure out this entrepreneurship stuff myself. And I was just in high school with you like two years ago, right? You have no excuse now to not try and figure this life stuff out. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's it. Mean, you bring a very unique perspective. And I'll say you, Ted, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think John is the first guest to quote Plato. I, I, I'm yeah, thinking first, that's the case. Yeah, yeah, first one. First one. All right. So, John, congratulations. You have that distinction. <laughs> so, so, so what's the difference? We talk about the abundant life and then we have the hustle culture. So, so what do you see as the difference between the two? I think with the abundant life, it's, I feel like with stereotypical hustle culture, you're so fixated. You're so like, that is the only thing you see. You have and like super tunnel vision and you're so attached to the outcome. You're working, working, working at the detriment of literally everything. And when it comes to that abundant life, one of the 
I think wisest things I heard is a guy that I interviewed on my show. His name is Victor Manzo. He is someone that is big into quantum, but he has a different level of understanding than most people. It's not your your catchy law of attraction stuff that people just preach at on top of the, the rooftops, right? It's He has a different level of understanding, and he broke this down. He was like the, the law of non-sacrifice, and it's pretty much when you're operating abundantly, you don't have to give something up. Sacrifice is a is a scarce concept. That's a scarcity minded concept. You have to give something up. But when you're choosing what you love to do, you're never giving anything up. You're just choosing what you love. And mm-hmm. it's a different mindset. It's all about perception and how you view certain things. So when it comes to that abundance mindset, the abundant lifestyle in in nature, there's no lack. Like in nature, that's not, you know, tampered with by humans. There's no lack. Everything's in abundance. There's tons of insects, tons of wolves, tons of deer, tons of earth tons of grass whatever tons of everything right there is no lack and abundance is more so that another good one too is the the law of uh, of detachment right when you're in that hustle culture as i said you're so fixated on that end goal you're so fixated like i have to make this work i have to do this but when you're operating abundantly you visualize what it is that you want and then from there you let it go and that's how you get it. And that shows up in everything in life. Like, let's go back to high school, right? The the cool guy, the cool dude, right? He's the one with all the ladies. Why? Because most of the time he doesn't really care, which is a bad thing. But it's like it's it shows up in all areas of life. Most of the people with a lot of wealth are people that don't really need it. They don't really care. And they keep on getting more because they're detached from the outcome. So I think probably those are the two main differences that I've noticed so far. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, you talk about that it's not about sacrifice in, in that context. And a lot of people, they, they see everything as like either or, right? Either I can have a great business or I can have a great family. Like thinking, okay, for me to really get to where I want to go, I want to have to sacrifice something. Why can't you have both? Yeah. Right? And in the abundance life, the abundant life is about having everything and not neglecting the the key areas uh, of your life i mean and it's interesting that you're at the, at this point in your journey you have figured that out where like i, I was the complete opposite <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh blindly charging towards success and every and all the things that society said made you successful so congratulations that you've you, you've got that perspective already i mean so what do you see as the consequence for the entrepreneur, there's an entrepreneur that's watching this right now, John, that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about the Benjamins. So, so what, what's the consequence for that person that lacks that abundance mindset? The, the consequence for not having it is pretty much there's money. Money solves money problems. So once you have all the money, you're only left with problems that money can't solve. All right. I got that from Alex Hermosi pretty recently, actually. And it goes to show that money can only solve what money is good for, which is money problems. You can hire another employee. You can hire a, another staff member. You can bring on another salesperson to your team. You could put in more, more ad spend into your Facebook campaigns. But if you don't got your relationship fixed with your dad, you still don't have a relationship with your dad, right? If you still have your wife that feels neglected and doesn't feel like she's a priority in life, then it's like, well, now you have the successful business, but now it's like you could only run and hide from the, all the other problems that relationship because business is only one side of the coin. There's so many other aspects to living a fulfilled life than just business. So it's like, and business only takes up a small chunk of it. It's not even a majority because, right, we have life, your emotions, your personal life, your hobbies, right? All these different aspects of life, right? All these different circles of life, your spiritual, right? Your mental, your physical, and your business only, you know, is one of those circles. So it's like you have money. Now you got five other circles of issues that you just been neglecting essentially for however long that you are And conflict delayed is conflict multiplied, right? Or conflict, you mm. know, that is delayed is con- uh, conflict, uh, conflict slipping my mind right now. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, but like, okay, you got to say it again because that, that what you're saying is <laughs> profound about the conflict delayed. Can, can you go ahead and say it again for the people in the back? Yeah. yeah, so conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Yeah. So the longer 
that you wait to try and solve these problems. The longer you keep running in another direction, I use a biblical reference. So I think it's uh, Jonah. The God sent him to do go into a city that was super evil, super bad, a lot of malicious people there, and a lot of sinning going on. And he was like, man, nah, I don't know, man. This, this might not be for me. I'm going to just head this other way real quick. I'm going to go about my business. I don't want to get this going long. And uh, right after that, he ends up getting into a storm. He ends up getting into a belly of a whale. And he was trapped in there for a few days. And from there, it's like he realized that he couldn't run from the problem that he was called to solve, that he was called to face. Right. As I said earlier, once you see the light, you can't unsee it. Right. So you can mm -hmm. either once you're you're only ignorant until you until you see it. Right. And then once you see it, you can choose to be willfully blind. But that doesn't hide the fact that there's something under the rug that you're not addressing. Right. And so it's like at a certain point in life, the problem is going to get so big that eventually it's going to overwhelm you and it's going to be too out of control at that point to ever solve it. For example, like we get a we're just talking about your dad, right? The dad situation, like you have this giant issue. And now let's say your dad passes away and you were never able to solve that. Right. You, you were never able to res resolve that bond. Now you have to live the rest of your life knowing you lost. Like lost in the actual sense. Like usually people, when it's lost, you're not losing, you're just learning. But no, mm -hmm. that is an actual loss because you can't go on back and fix that. The The window of opportunity is gone forever, right? So that's something that you will forever have to live with. That will forever eat away at your conscience. This is the one that you let it get away. And so it's better to go and slay the dragon because if not, the dragon's going to come to the village and try to kill everyone anyways. So better go in attack mode and slay the dragon than try and defend the village and protect everybody and fight off the dragon. Just go to the cave and fight it off. That way you don't have to worry about any of the villagers, any of the collateral. You know, I've heard that another way um, that in school, the kid that always that tries to avoid the fight is the one that ends up with the black eye. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so no, I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And then like of all the accounts that I've heard of of people like in their last moments or in their deathbed, no one's talking about business. Right. Yeah. No one's like, Man, I wish I would have gotten that account. Oh goodness, man, I wish we would have, you know, got another follower on our podcast. <laughs> no, you you're thinking about, you know. You're, you're the people, your loved ones, you're thinking about the people that you may have been neglecting in your pursuit of success. So I, I think it's very important to get this, this perspective that John is speaking about. So this is a perfect time to go into uh, the six steps of achieving a life of abundance. And it kind of gets into the different areas of life. So let, let, let's step number one, let's start talking about that. Yeah, so I think the first step really starts off with reflection. Okay. That is, and that really stems from the, the mindset portion, because you'll hear everyone talk about mindset, mindset, mindset. I think mindset step kind of stems into two pieces. The first is reflection. That's looking within. That's the self-mastery portion. That is working on yourself. And that's what I had to do for a, a long time. Like I mentioned earlier, as I said, that the ego thing, like for me, not having that relationship with my parents that most people that grew up in that nuclear family ha um, household have that was something that because I felt isolated at home it's something where I built up this wall that I well, I was good off of everybody I didn't need anybody and for me I would go on living my life and I would never have any skin in the game because I could always pull back and not be hurt and so you quickly realize that although you're not getting hurt you also don't experience anything and so you're living a very gray life. Mm. And for me, I, I rather know that I have the opportunity to be hurt, but be able to fully live than play in the middle. Uh, and so life is not lived in the middle, right? It's, you got to live it. You got to, you got to play all in, right? We only get one shot at this. There's no sitting half, you know, one foot on the court, one foot out. You got to be in the game. And for me, I wasn't in the game because I was too scared of being hurt. So that's just one example, but really, as I said, reflecting, getting to know yourself, getting to know, you know, what are the things that you need to work on, having that awareness 
and then working on it. So I think that'll be the first step for anyone that wants to start walking down this this road. Awesome reflection. Yeah, and I, I think when it when it comes to like your mindset, and I'm just believing this more and more every day that like you literally have to train your mindset just like you do a sport. Like like you're training to to run a marathon, you're training, like you literally have to treat your mindset that way and really be intentional about like the information you take in and making sure that you're always coming from a positive place. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. You always, it's, it's a muscle just like everything else. And a lot of people, they, once they stop going to school or the last year of formal education, they stop using their muscle. And by the time we're 35, like it's proven that almost like 95 or more percent of the synapses that fire off in our brain are all just like repeat. And so it's like, you get to a point where it's like, you're not really living life. You're just cruising for majority of your life. And now let's say you live up to be 85. You lived 50 of your years, just literally on autopilot. So it's like, what kind of life is that? Yeah, no, very true. All right. So we talked about reflection. What's the next step? The next step still falls in that mindset realm is transformation, right? Mm -hmm. It's burning off the ashes. It's the phoenix rising, right? Once you reflect, you start, humans are super good at pattern recognition. That's one thing we're better at than a lot of animals. We are extremely adept at pattern recognition. So once you start reflecting, you start seeing patterns. Now it's time to go fight off the dragon, right? Now it's time to face the dragon head on. You got to look inside. You got to look into the abyss. That's the first step. But then it's like, all right, now you're in the abyss and now you got to fight all the demons. Now you got to fight the dark side and start integrating the shadow and really fit, working on all those things, the limiting beliefs, the, you know, the trauma, the whatever it may be that you experienced growing up. And a lot of those things, it's hard to come by, but it's like, it's also the things that make you stronger, which is something that I, I hear a lot of people now. It's like, oh, when I have kids, I want to make sure they're good. I want to have make sure I have this generational wealth. I, I want to make sure they don't have to go through anything that I have to went through, I had to go through, but it's like, I mean, you turned out pretty good and you went through all that stuff and it made you a great person. So it's like, you're going to rob your kids of everything that made you who you are. Sounds kind of off to me. And it's like, I understand it. Cause you want to shelter them, but it's like that as I said, going in the dark side, going into that abyss, that's, that's what molds a lot of us. Right. So it's like, once you're in there, then you start to transform. And if you can make it to the other side, right. It's, it's better to be, a tree standing alone than a forest filled with dead wood, mm-hmm. right? And you may have to burn off the entire forest, but it's better to have that last tree standing strong than have a whole bunch of just, you know, empty space kind of and, and dead wood laying around. I'm I'm sorry, John is like 97 years old. <laughs> all this wisdom. I'm like, what in the world? Like who? Like you've been here before or something? You just I'm just up all. I'm like, what in the world? How old are you, John? <laughs> I'm 21. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man. But, 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 John, let me tell you, I, I agree with you. So, like, this is going to sound bad, what I'm about to say, right? But so my son, he's nine. And, and he, every now and then, he, he tells me about, like, a challenge he has in school, maybe a disagreement with one of his friends. Maybe somebody says something to him, just trying to size him up. And there's a part of me that's like, great, because now it's forcing him to have to figure this out and yeah. and learn and, and maybe take some lumps, right? But he's gonna be better than if everything is just oh la 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 la, and he and he's never had any adversity. So to me, I think to your point, I think some of that battling through some of that adversity is good. What are your thoughts? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. It's those things that makes us. And one of the things that, that made me is football, man. It's football mm-hmm. in the 95 degree weather, doing bear crawls up and down the, the, the field on hot turf, like things like that, man. Oh, yeah. That stuff molds you into, not just physically, but like mentally into a very versatile individual and sports in general. And it very, almost like you turn into like a Swiss army knife. You just become like, just so tactical and useful in so many different ways because you you've overcome so much in the short span and whether as I said whether it's sports some people may have gone into like JLTC growing up or something like that but something where it's like that's regimented where you have to go through things that are both physically and mentally hard to endure yeah 
Yeah, I think you you have to you, you have to go through the process. It's like yeah. like I said, running from it will, will not save you. So I, I think that that's a critical thing there. So so we got reflection, we got transformation. Yeah. What's next? Then after you work on yourself, you make it to the other side. You jump into the abyss. You make it to the other end. You're transformed now. You rose from the ashes. Now it's like, all right, man, where am I going? So step number three is visualize, right? Mm. Start start visualizing. Now that you could see clearly now, now that you have all these limiting beliefs out the way, now that you realize that we are the ones that build all of our own ceilings and trap ourselves in, you got all rid of all that stuff. Now it's like, well, I never had the chance to think before, but now that I can think some thoughts, it's like, where does my mind lead to? Like, And just getting quiet and start picturing, well, what is it that I actually want to do and just start going into your, your thoughts and exploring your thoughts, whether it's through meditation, or whatever it may be, just closing your eyes and getting still and just trying to paint that picture of like, what do I want my life to look like? And usually after that transformation, you have a good understanding of what you don't want your life to look at. So I always say start there. That's how I pretty much started. I never really knew what I wanted to do per se, but I knew what I didn't want to do. Hmm. And I think that is probably the better way to go about because, you know, I, I don't as wise as you guys, you know, I'm, I'm still very naive to a lot of things, man. I'm, I'm still very naive to the world and I haven't experienced that much in compared to a lot of other people that have lived before me. So it's like for me, for the time being, I know I might not have my exact life course set out, but I know for a fact that there's certain things that I definitely don't want to do. Right. So it's like, I know for a fact, I don't want to go to corporate route. Like I X that off. And it's back to like, I use this in multiple choice tests all throughout high school. I normally never answered the question. I always just swiped off whatever I knew wasn't right. Right. Cause most, <laughs> this is, this is a skill and a strategy to take in multiple choice tests. And I was extremely good. And I never studied in high school because I was good at test taking. Right. And I aced everything for the most part. I got, I didn't try that much. I, I passed with a three, five, but it's like, it's the same thing in life. So if you can't visualize what, what you want to do, just visualize the opposite. Like, what do you not want to do? Just start cutting things off of the checklist. This, this is the first time I've ever heard someone compare life to a multiple choice test. <laughs> and to be honest, that really makes a lot of sense. Though. It does. <laughs> you think about it, it's like, <laughs> you're right. I don't want to do this. I know it's not this. So here's these other options. Yeah. Increase the percentages. Yeah. Now that that that's a takeaway. Hopefully, people are taking notes. They want to write that one down. So, so you're talking about visualizing, but start with what you, you you know what you don't want to do. Yeah, and that can that can lead you in the direction of what you ultimately want. That's wild. You know, yeah. oftentimes I'll see something on the news. You'll see some someone does something really crazy, and then they're in a place where they they're going to get arrested. The they're going to get shot by the the police. Or they, or they kill themselves. I'm like, I don't like none of those options. <laughs> like, I don't like, I don't like any of that. So why would I ever put myself in that situation? Like, like three of the four choices, or you get away. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, yeah. That's a. <laughs> nah, it's just a I'd way rather, to look I'd at it. The, I'd rather go to another, uh, to another question on the exam. Yeah, yeah another question. Yeah. Skip that. We'll come back Let's to skip it. Skip that one. Right. Yeah, man. Right. None of those are good outcomes for me. So there you go. Mm -hmm. All right. So so what's next? Yeah. So when, once you start visualizing, you can start getting an idea as to like what kind of it is that you want to do. Uh, one of the best things I love to you is the next step will be start aligning. Right. Now you've got some thoughts and you probably got a whole bunch of things that don't make sense. You've got like a guitar here that you're visualizing and maybe like some a basketball. And then you also want to do some consulting and whatever. You got a whole bunch of these random thoughts that, you know, you either do or don't want to do. Then this next step is really about alignment. And one of my favorite exercises for this step is called Ikigai. And it stands for your reason for being. It's a Japanese concept. And the people where this originates from have one of the longest life expectancies on the planet. So pretty much it's four simple steps. It's a pattern of uh, four circles, right? And the intersection is your Ikigai. So the first circle is what do you love to do? So for anyone that is taking notes right now in writing, list out everything that you would do if you were never paid for the rest of your life, list down everything. It could be rapping, poetry, guitar, basketball, football, whatever it may be, marketing, like both of us, right? Uh, whatever business, like all three of us, right? Whatever it may be, like what are some things that you just genuinely love to do? 
And then from there, next circle, what does the world need? List down all the problems you feel compelled to solve. And then if you don't feel compelled to solve anything, use that inverse thinking process that I was talking about earlier with the multiple choice test. What things annoy you? Because a lot of time, if something annoys you, it's because you care for whatever reason. Like your, your siblings, if you have siblings, the reason they annoy you most of the time is because you care. Because if someone that you didn't care about did the same things they did, you probably wouldn't blink twice, right? So if you don't know what you feel compelled to solve, just start paying attention to some of the things that annoy you, and that may lead you in the right direction, right? Then circle number three is what can you be rewarded for? A lot of the times charity work and volunteer work, they fulfill us, but they don't keep the lights on. And they don't make ends meet. They don't put food on the table. So what could we also be rewarded for? We're not saying to not to do charity, but it can't be your reason for being in this exercise because if you have to be able to be rewarded for it, right? And then the last and final circle is what are you good at or what do you have the aptitude to be good at? I like to say because sometimes the fish is the last one to realize it's in water. <laughs> and some of the times you have skills that you don't even know are skills. Like, for example, with me, I started teaching social media to realtors. And I wasn't using social media strategically at that point in time. I wasn't making reels. I wasn't posting anything. I barely even posted in high school. I think like my whole high school to college career, which was like a span of six years. Well, I probably posted like four or five photos. Like I was not a social media strategist. But for whatever reason, the people in my mastermind was like, hey, John, can you teach a class? And I was like, uh, I never taught a class before. And they were like, John, when do you want it scheduled? And I was like, I can't say no twice. Uh, I don't know. Uh so-and-so date and i just ran with it and i taught a class and i ended up having like over 440 people sign up and it went amazing i probably spent more time learning out how to use mail chips and to send out emails to for invites because i didn't know how to use eventbrite at that time and i had to manually send out the email invites because i had a google form for the sign up so i probably spent more time just sending out invites than i did actually preparing for the course but i ended up figuring it out right and for me, I didn't realize that I was good at social media, but the things I grew up with, these people that are a couple of generations older than me, never grew up with, never got adept to. So it's like that skill that I kind of naturally had to them, although I thought it was basic level because all my friends use social media, not all of their friends use social media, right? So as I was saying, it's not always what are you good at, it's what do you have the aptitude to be good at? Because a lot of times the skills that we do have, we don't realize. So that is a good play, exercise to start using to get alignment. No, that's good. So alignment, and I like how you say, you know, focus on with the circles, you know, focus on a, a problem that annoys you. I mean, like, for example, the, the, the guy who started Uber was annoyed by the taxi cab experience, right? He sat in a cab and like, oh, this is terrible. It smells in here. Man, I'm getting overcharged. What if we had something that was... And Uber was birth. So I, I think that's that is powerful. Um, and I hope people really grab that. So we've talked about reflection, transformation, visual visualizing, alignment. What's next? Next after that, progress. Right now you have some type of end goal of where you kind of want to see your life. You start getting some alignment, you start putting things together, then you gotta move forward, right? Because when you're starting off that next step, you may be driving in the fog right now, and you could only see three feet ahead. So drive those three feet and then drive another three feet and keep on going. And one thing that I've been realizing in my own life is that you don't have to have it all figured out. And it's funny because we always think that we do. But when you put into your GPS, you don't put in the first turn, right? You put in the end goal and the route calibrates, right? And then what happens? You start going on your route. You have a crash on 95. That's a highway I'm at. You have a crash on the highway, whatever. What does it do? It recalibrates, right? And so as you progress the road that you're supposed to get becomes clear. So you have to start progressing. And for me, I was doing a lot. So for my bio, it sounds really nice because, but in all reality, I was trying to do too much things. But as I said, the more you do, the more you try to progress, as long as you're just trying to move forward, man, as long as you're just trying to take some steps in the right direction, things will start becoming clearer. You'll start becoming you know, more aware of the opportunities in front of you. And the reason why you can't see the opportunities now is because you're not smart enough to recognize the opportunity. So that's when all that reading, the podcast, the books and stuff like that, those come into play, the masterminds, the conferences, because those people are usually a lot smarter than you and they could teach you something and then you put that into your life and it's like, oh, there's an opportunity here all along. And so you start progressing 
you start making some progress forward and then things start coming clear. And then as you start focusing up, you start getting more and more aligned. Then you go from only driving three feet ahead in a foggy, rainy night to driving down the, you know, the freeway on a clear, sunny day with no traffic. And I'm not there yet, but it's starting to get clearer and clearer as I continue to try and progress. Sorry, I'm, I'm working on removing the word try, right? So as I am continuing to work on moving forward in my life and moving forward with my goals and my dreams and my aspirations. No, that, that is, and that's a great visual. And everybody's been on that road, right, Ted? You're, you're driving and it's dark. I mean, really, all, all you need to see is three feet in front of you, like he's saying. And you can, you can get to your destination. You don't have to have everything all mapped out and figured out before you can move forward. Yeah, that's an amazing story I heard one time. And it's this guy, I forget all the context, so I'm going to butcher the story a little bit. But pretty much he went into a mission. He was in a war, and pretty much all his crew members died. And he was on a verge of death. And he would just draw a line in the sand. And he just like, okay, I just got to get past this line. And he just will get past it. Mind you, he's critically injured. He's on the verge of death. All his crew members already died. And he would just keep on drawing the line and keep on going. And somehow he ended up traveling a couple miles. He ended up crawling his way several miles to the next nearest town, ended up getting rescued. Right. But it's like he ain't know where he was going to end up. He just knew he had to move forward. He just had to progress. He just had to keep going. He ain't know where it was going to take him. He could have etched his way into an enemy hideout and got his head blown off. But he was, you just got to progress. You just got to keep moving forward and, and have faith that it'll all play out. Great points. Great points. So you're giving us five points. What's the final point? The final point, once you do everything, that's when you start becoming fulfilled. And when you start becoming fulfilled, that's when you kind of get this cheat code to life because that's when you could tap into this gas tank, this energy source that, it, you can run forever because it's not yours, right? It's it's bigger than you. And that's where all these things about finding your purpose and all that stuff comes to the play. Because when you have something that transcends you, an ideal, a mission, whatever it may be that transcends you, and a lot of people get this goal stuff and this purpose and mission stuff mixed up. A goal is something that can be accomplished in your lifetime. Like I want to help 100, million, 100 entrepreneurs, right? That is a goal. You can accomplish it. It is tangible. It's quantifiable purpose a mission right i want to enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy abundant lives it don't matter how many books i write how big my show gets how big i get there will always be more young people to continue after right and i would never be able to touch all the lives that i could potentially and that i'm trying to reach no matter how hard i go no matter what i do it's literally impossible it's literally bigger than me and once you get to that point and you do all the other steps that's when you start tapping into this tank and it's like, yo, John, how you doing so much? And it's like, I'm doing a lot. That's, I just, I think I could be doing a little bit more. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I can put my foot on the gas a little bit harder. I think I still got some more in me. And most people never get to that point. And that's why they get so tired because they're not, they're not in that fulfillment zone. They're not in that zone where it's like, they could just go and go and hop on this. Like I was about to take a nap, honestly, not too long ago. And then I just hop on this conversation because this conversation is genuinely like put energy into like they they fuel me up they get me going so it's like i could be like half asleep and i hop on one of these podcasts and it's like i'm ramped up i'm ready to go it's game time because it's not my own energy source that i'm using i was tapped out and then i hop on and it's like i'm a brand new person it's not like i got more energy it's like nah i'm working i'm operating from something that's bigger than me and that is what fuels me and then from there kind of put those six together then it's then from there, that's just it, it, it just starts compounding. And for me, it's it's been working very well. As I said, I started to get some traction very early on in my life. So uh, maybe we need to have uh, the same conversation a year from now to see uh, to catch up and see how this all played out. Oh, most definitely, most definitely, <laughs> we we would definitely have to invite you back uh, to to give us an update on on how you're doing with this. So just for for, for the entrepreneur who's taking notes at home. So we we're talking about the six steps to an, to achieving an abundant life, and we talked about reflection, transformate, transformation, visualization, alignment, progress, and fulfillment. That's right. 
All right. So I definitely wanted to talk about your, your podcast, which, again, thank you for just being an awesome host and having me on the, the Walk to Wealth podcast. So, so what will people gain by tuning in to the Walk to Wealth podcast, John? Yeah, so you can look forward to four pillars of content, right? Mindset, as we talked about today. It all starts from your headspace, man. That We live two lives, right? It's the world up here in our minds and the world and the real world. And everything plays out in the real world how it first plays out in our mind, right? So we, are, we talk about mindset there a little bit. Then the second step is personal finance. If you're not a good steward of your own money, <laughs> God help you if you get into entrepreneurship and money starts coming in. That's why a lot of people who win the lottery or, or go broke. That's why a lot of people who go into the NBA and the NFL go broke. You know, if you don't become a good steward of your own money, it's all for nothing, right? Then the next step is entrepreneurship because business ownership is has made the most billionaires. Business ownership is one of the best ways to live life on your own terms. And then the fourth thing we talk about is real estate investing because you read any book, you, anything on wealth building, wealth creation, there's something with, with real estate going on in there. There's some type of all the different benefits that you can get from investing in real estate. So those are pretty much the four main pillars of content I talk on. And then, of course, you have your occasional solo episode where I just share some of the things I learn and, you know, pretty much just from go off of inspiration and what I've learned or do like monthly recap episodes and help people stay up to date with my walk in real time. Yeah, I mean, so if you're listening to us and you hear what he's saying and he's he's quoting Plato and all this other stuff, you need to go to the Walk to Wealth podcast and get the nuggets that he's they shared on that platform. So, so John, and I know you you get interviewed on a lot of different podcasts and platforms and everything else, radio shows. But but what is that one question that you never get asked, but you wish people would ask you? I think one question that no one ever asks me, it's probably what keeps me going. I have a lot of days where I'm in my head. I, I've always had high standards for myself. I always had high goals for myself that I never really understood why. I can still I remember in vividly in high school that I remember when my SAT scores came in. And we got a, our SATs out of 1600 and I got like a 1230 without studying. And I was so upset because I just wanted a 1300 just because why not? And like everyone in my class, well, not everybody, but uh, some of the people in my class were like, John, like, you got a great score. Like, why are you upset? And it's like, you don't understand, man. I, I, I got, I, I'm thinking so much bigger. And it, it, it's one of those things where I, it's still hard to put words behind this. I'm trying to figure it out myself. And I worded a lot of stuff pretty eloquently, I feel, today in this interview, but Man, I can't put my finger on what it is that entrepreneur bug, man. I, I, I can't comprehend what it is. I can't put it to words, that entrepreneur bug. It's a question that I haven't been asked much, but it's like, I mean, I haven't have been able to put together much of an answer for it yet at this point in my life. But like that entrepreneur bug, it's something I'm starting to realize. I genuinely feel like everyone is an entrepreneur. The only thing different between a kid and entrepreneurs that an entrepreneur knows how to run a business. And <laughs> that is the only difference, honestly. I don't know a kid that is fearless. I don't know a kid that knows boundaries, that knows ceilings, that knows limitations. And to, unless they, as I said, they had some type of experience or they had parents that, you know, kind of took that away from them. But any kid that's still innocent, it's like they know no boundaries, they know no ceilings. And that entrepreneur way of life is something I feel like everyone should adopt. And for lack of limited life experience and knowledge i haven't been able to come up with much of an answer for what is that entrepreneurial bug but i'm it's something i'm searching for hmm. okay what is it i don't think i've i've heard, heard it explained that way where the difference between the kid and the entrepreneur is that the entrepreneur knows how to run a business but i think that's there's some truth to that because yeah they don't they just ask what they want right Exactly. If they want something, they ask for it. All the big entrepreneurs, it's like yeah. they're all visionaries. They they look at, for example, he is someone that's maybe people may find controversial, but he like Elon Musk, like trying to go to Mars, like try to even comprehend that. Like that's something you see in movies, like sci-fi. Like and this, he's trying to do this in real life, like things like that. It's like how? How do you even 
imagine that how how does that come together like we're you know and it's just as i said having that that childlike brain that knows no boundaries that knows no ceilings that knows no limitations he also just knows how to run a business so happens to be making a lot of money while doing so for sure for sure so, so we're at the the final segment it's called write this down this is where we each go around and share at least one takeaway from today's episode to help the entrepreneurs to write to uh, level up right so so you want to basically write this down so that you can level up so we're going to talk about one key point john you are the guest of the hour what do the people need to write down from this episode we talked about earlier in the conversation about getting into the abyss getting into the dark side fighting the demons fighting the dragon getting burning off the dead wood and so my quote is going to be my write this down is going to be to help people through that stage because that tends to be the hardest stage that a lot of people don't really make it to see the other end so if life was easy it wouldn't be worth living god gives his best soldiers the worst missions mm. <laughs> help people through the abyss god gives his best soldiers the worst missions write that down your pen has probably run out of ink after this episode but <laughs> <laughs> write this down i'm not following john <laughs> i'm not following john john has been we've had a lot of great guests john but you are up there man i mean one of the youngest but man just some of the stuff that you have dropped out there today <laughs> I mean, just major nuggets man i you know you know one that we always talk about is like move like movement right and you really talked about that right like the point when you talked about you know you were just like you know you didn't necessarily know where you were going and you you're still like you're still figuring it out as you go to get to there right wherever there is right you know what you don't want to be there right but you're tr but you know there's a there someplace and you're just moving towards it and i and i, and I got this visual you know how you know you go into those places where you do like kind of this rock climbing kind of get you know kind of you know like a like playroom or whatever and you're just going up there and you're just grabbing and this thing is moving right and and i don't know if anybody ever gets like to the top right but you're just like okay i'm gonna move over here and i'm gonna move over here you know and the one thing that you're gonna get out of that is great exercise right <laughs> you're gonna get great exercise you know, you'll be with your friends, so it'll be a, you know, a good kind of, you know, team team type of thing to do. But you're just moving to get someplace, right? And and then it's kind of like, like guys, like I don't necessarily know, but I'm going somewhere good, right? So follow me. Just just come on and follow me. It's easy for you to go over here with these guys over here that are already there, on the top. But like, just follow me. You know, I'm gonna be moving and. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy, right? But just, you know, follow me. And that's just kind of what I was hearing, like, in everything that you've said. It's just been like, oh, yeah, you know, I went out there, got this, and tried this, and looked this up, and didn't know, and knew I didn't want to do this. And I went after this on a SAT, but I didn't get it. I was disappointed, but I don't know why I went after that anyway. It, was, it seemed like <laughs> something cool to do. And really, you know, I've, I've come across a lot of younger people that really think like like you right they just kind of think that way and it's like where with us it was yeah you know at school you know here's what you got to do and you guys and I, and I don't know I, I know the the internet plays a lot into that as well I think right because we think about when we were younger I mean the, the internet to us was some encyclopedias right <laughs> you know but you guys you just go out there and just search on stuff and just look at all these possibilities and pull just nuggets of stuff from places, right? And like you said, and you're like educating yourself, right? And what's interesting to you, right? To get to to get to there. So, you know, my right down, I guess write this down is that yeah, sometimes, you know, you don't necessarily know where there is, but if you start moving, start collecting information from wherever the different sources are and, you know, and you make moves, you know, you'll, you know, you know, every step you're getting closer to there. Yep. 
keep moving right because there. every step you're getting closer to there. Write that down. So, so my uh, contribution to write this down is when you were talking about visualizing and it's like a multiple choice test where you have to know what the, what's not the answer. Like you, you can start there to gain clarity. And, and I think that's just such a profound point. And I even think it like sometimes you go through experiences in life that are failures and setbacks, but it's really teaching you what you don't want. And, and so I look back at some of those because in the moment you're like, man, I should have done that. I should. But at least now you know what you don't want. Mm. So in the future, you're, you're able to make better choices. So I, I just thought that was a profound point so that if you're trying to figure out where you're going, a good place to start is start with what you don't want. <laughs> and, and I think that can help you to get there. Write that down. That's great. Yes. Well, John, you, you have dropped some serious nuggets on, on this program. Definitely want to Your thank you for sharing. My, my ears are, John. <laughs> oh, man. This, this is one of those episodes where I, where I have to go back and listen to uh, when I'm not the host. <laughs> you, know, you know, John, you know how it is. When you're hosting, you got to pay attention. You, you can't really take it in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this episode when I'm at the gym and be really be able to listen to all the stuff that you – that, that you've mentioned. So, so John, how can the people connect with you? I mean, well, first of all, from one podcast to another, man, I generally appreciate what you guys got going on. You guys host a great show. So uh, big kudos to you guys. And if anyone found any value in what I was saying today, make sure to check out the walk to wealth podcast. You can find me on www.walk2wealth.com. Actually, you can check me out. And, and if you found value in this episode, there's definitely a lot more to come over there. Great. Fantastic. All right. So once again, we want to thank John uh, for being the guest of honor and sharing everything he shared. And speaking of sharing, don't forget to share the show. Share the show. Share the show. All right. Don't keep this great information a secret. Uh, don't forget you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and any of those other places where you like to consume podcast content. That is our time for this week. Till next time, have a great Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. We need your help to grow the show. One of the best ways that you can help us is by leaving both a rating and a review. You can go to Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or any of those other podcasting platforms and leave us a rating and a review we've got a bonus that we're running for this month a special bonus that if you take a screenshot of that rating and review and you email it to eric at ericmpwiggs dot com you get entered into a special drawing where you can win a free copy of my book the discipline of now 12 practical principles to overcome procrastination. And then lastly, don't forget to share the show. Try share the show. Share this show with someone in your network who you know will benefit from the message. Again, I thank you for listening and remember, don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. So keep growing, keep growing.